Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! One, two, three, four! Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and it's time to get out our muskets and take aim at this year's biggest musical turkeys. I'm Greg Cott from the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Jim Deergottis from WBEZ and Columbia College. We'll give thanks with our annual turkey shoot, and then it's Greg's turn to add a song to the Desert Island Jukebox. That's coming up next on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is a production of WBEZ Chicago and is distributed by PRX. Support for Sound Opinions is provided by Makers 46, handcrafted bourbon aged with seared French oak staves. More online at facebook.com makers46. Makers 46 Bourbon Whiskey, distilled in Loretto, Kentucky, reminds listeners to drink responsibly. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time for some music news. great compilation tape. Light breaking up is hard to do and takes ages longer than it might seem. You gotta kick it off with a killer to grab attention. Then you gotta take it up a notch. There are a lot of rules. Jim, I know that uh, years ago you threw away all those mixtapes that I gave you. I am a cassette geek. I made you all those mixtapes. You tossed them. Not true. I sold them on eBay. Everybody says the cassette tape is dead, right? Nobody uses those things anymore. But I got news for you, my friend. They are alive and well. One of the big areas where the cassette tape is still alive and well is uh, amongst organizations that have a lot of data to store. We're talking about everything from hospitals and doctor's offices to big corporations. IBM in Switzerland has developed a 10 by 10 by 2 centimeter cassette, a micro cassette, that can store up to 35 terabytes of data. That's the equivalent of about 400 kilometers of bookshelf space. <laughs> Now, now these places sounds like your basement. They, they, exactly, they've got a ton of data they need to store. What is beautiful about it is, according to one of the developers, it is the greenest storage technology available. Tape at rest consumes literally zero power, so it's a very attractive option. You know, obviously, when you've got stuff on MP3 files or in your hard drive, your ability to access it is almost instantaneous. It's easy to get to. And it's not so easy, obviously, with cassettes. But in the case of a lot of these institutions that have these mega files to store, the cassette makes a lot of sense. Now, the cassettes, despite uh, rumors to the contrary, have never really died. Jim, I still have mine. There are small cassette labels that are continuing to put out cassette-only releases. And you've got collectors out there that are willing to pay big bucks for them. Just recently, I know you went after this one, Jim, for early Radiohead cassettes, before they were even known as Radiohead, they were known as the band On a Friday in the UK. Four demo cassettes recently went up on eBay for $50,000. We're not talking about Mm. CDs. We're not talking about (laughs) albums. We are talking about four demo tapes, $50,000. So no, the cassette is not dead. 
break for me, and I know that this is true for you as well. When I hear those chords, I just think of the best band of my generation. I always will. But we have now lived long enough, you and I, to be witnessing the onset of 90s nostalgia. The biggest example of proof of this, what 50s rock when it was brought back as happy days, okay? There is a pilot in development at CBS called Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's being directed by this guy, Dave Getch, who uh, is the force behind the Big Bang Theory. Listen to this description from The Hollywood Reporter. The multi-camera comedy revolves around an 18-year-old budding entrepreneur who forgoes Harvard and instead opts to launch a multi-billion dollar internet company from his parents' garage with the assistance of his sister, best friend, and his, I would insert, wacky, crazy 1990s indie rock parents. 1990s indie rock parents. Somewhere Kurt Cobain is groaning, and so am I. Uh, Our producers were having some fun with this story when we found it, and they were tossing around on Facebook other great 90s alternative rock songs that would uh, inspire sitcoms. They came up with Black Hole Sun. You know, it's a wild and crazy rom-com, you know, Mm -hmm. of course. Runaway Train has to be a crime drama, right? And this is my favorite, Losing My Religion, which will, of course, be one of those newfangled detective shows where the detective has, like, psychic powers or can remember everything. But let's toss this out to our listeners. What do you think would make a great 90s alternative rock song, sitcom, or TV show? Give us a call on the Sound Opinions hotline, 888-859-1800. Yes, Greg, Thanksgiving is looming. That means it's time for a sound opinions tradition. At this time of year, each year, we do our annual turkey shoot. These are records that really let us down, and we are going to put them down out of our misery. (laughs) i got to explain. These are not only records we didn't like, but they were from artists that we really had expected much, much better from. That's what makes it a turkey. It's not just a plain old bad record. It's a record from an artist that it almost breaks our heart to have to say we disliked it this much. You're going to give us some. I'm going to play some. We're going to keep the the music we play to a bare minimum because we don't want to torture people, (laughs) especially here at the holidays. What's your first turkey? Well, Jim, disappointment is the operative word for this artist. Kid Cudi, I've loved everything he's done up until now. Been pure gold. I mean, those first two Cudi solo records, Man on the Moon and Man on the Moon 2, 2009-2010, plus his work with Kanye West on his 808s and Heartbreak record, made him a rising hip-hop star as far as I was concerned. But now he came out with this side project in 2012 called Wizard, W-Z-R-D. This is Kid Cudi's attempt to go too far in an area that he doesn't know a whole lot about, or if he does, he's not showing his expertise very well. Put a guitar in my hands, I'm going to rock. Remember Lil Wayne tried that back with his Rebirth record? Oh, Didn't work out so well back then. That's mean. I thought it was a lot closer to Pharrell Williams with N.E.R.D. I know you like this record. I hated it. For me, it sounded like a Limp Biscuit ripoff. (laughs) You know, non-vocalist singing over stock guitar riffs and drum loops. Really weak stuff. You know, a side project that is best left to the side. Continue on with your solo career, Kid Cudi. That was going great. This wizard thing has got to die. Here's a little bit of Dr. Pill from the self-titled Wizard record. My head is always busy. 
stuck in a stuck in a stuck in a place I've been way far too long It's not paranoia, I'm stuck in this hell In this shell, I'm securely locked away Losing who I is in a coma Tell me how to fix it, cause baby, I have tried it all Where did I go wrong? Or out of order, doctor, give me help. Can you help me, doctor? Bill, feeling strange, feeling strange, feeling strange. Oh, feeling strange, feeling strange, feeling strange. Wake up in the morning feeling iffy. What is going on with me? When I look in the mirror, I don't. Something I'm feeling ill now What can you prescribe for me? Cause when I look in the mirror I don't know to do this Staring right back at me I admit I have been slipping Stuck in a, stuck in a, stuck in a human-like cell And it's got legs and arms It's not me talking though that is my face I have not known who that face belongs to Just talking, it takes me out. I wanna turn me down. I'm out of order. Doctor, get me up. Can you help me, Doctor Bill? Feeling strange, feeling strange, feeling strange. Feeling strange, feeling strange, feeling strange. I don't know, Mr. Cod. That uh, wizard still sounds pretty good to me. I'll give you one, though, that is a bona fide 100% turkey. And it's from Damon Albarn, a man who I have championed throughout his entire career. I think Blur's one of the most important bands of the 90s. I've loved the Gorillas. I've even liked the good, the bad, and the queen. And when he's done stuff like Molly music, when he's done his, his globe-trotting world beat experimentation. But this record, Dr. D., This is so bad, it's unbelievable. Now, you know, I have a high art rock tolerance, but the idea of Damon Albarn crafting an opera, not a rock opera, but like a real opera, based on the lore of a 16th century mathematician, astronomer, occultist, and advisor to Queen Elizabeth. Some people say he was the model for Prospero in Shakespeare. Even that, that sounds kind of interesting, okay? But the music is dreadful. We get a mix of Damon doing these kind of mellow Nick Drake folk songs, which would have been fine. Pull those out as an EP from these 18 songs. But the rest of the record is sub, 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 Sting lute record, mandolin, harmonium, recorder, a melodic, droning on and on. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the medieval babes or something like that is more fun than this record. It so broke my heart, but Dr. D is a stinker. Yeah, Jim, I have to agree with you on that Damon Albarn record. A huge disappointment in many ways, considering how much great music Albarn has given us in the past. But that's what we're all about here. Big disappointments from artists we expected more from. 
this next record certainly qualifies for me. Dead Can Dance, a group that I have really enjoyed since the 80s and 90s. I think one of the defining bands on the 4AD label uh, when they signed to that UK label in the 80s. In the way that they blended world music, electronica, folk, and goth, truly distinctive in their time, with two fine, complimentary songwriters and voices in Brendan Perry and Lisa Gerard. Gerard in particular with that siren-like voice haunting us for decades because of its quality. Now they come back for their first record in more than a decade, Anastasis, and you're anticipating the best. They they went on tour. They apparently had their act together again. They, they, they liked each other. They were willing to collaborate. But judging by what happened on this record, it sounded, and I mentioned this when we reviewed the record, it almost sounded like a lawyer brokered it. <laughs> okay, Lisa, here's your track. Brendan, here's your track. They really didn't collaborate here. It sounds like individual solo records coming together. Now, the Gerard stuff is pretty cool. I mean, she's still got that beautiful, atmospheric voice. But the Brendan Perry stuff is just unlistenable, ponderous, pseudo-mystical, new-age, mumbo-jumbo language. I can't say anything nice about it. Extremely ponderous, extremely solemn, extremely slow-moving the, these words where he's talking about the kingdom of the sun and we're the children of the sun coming to meet our <laughs> destiny. I mean, come on. Really a disappointment from Dead Can Dance with Anastasis. We are ancient, as ancient as the sun. our ancestral home so that one day we could all return to our birthright the great celestial dome we are the children of the sun our journey's just begun Children of the sun, there is room for everyone. Sunflowers in our head. That is a little bit of one of my turkeys of the year, as much as it pains me to say it. Dead Can Dance from a new album called Anastasis. Coming up, we're going to continue with our annual Thanksgiving turkey shoot by handing the rifle over to you. Then we've got a brand new album to review, the latest from agit rappers The Coup. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. You're telling everyone in town that I don't treat you right. You even say I stay away and don't come home at night. I'm losing you and you are all I've got Thanks a lot Thanks a lot Thanks a lot Thanks a lot It seems you like to hurt me And you know I'm good to you I'd give you anything I own Do anything you want me to Yeah, now you've really got me on the spot Thanks a lot Thanks a lot, thanks a lot Still I would forgive you if you'd let me I'd be glad if we could try again But it seems that you're just out to get me And it looks as if you're just about to win No matter what you do I always will love you And you will never know How it hurts to see you go 
And for calling me those things you know I'm not Thanks a lot Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And this is the annual Turkey Shoot episode of Sound Opinions. Comes toward the end of the year, Greg. We celebrate the holiday by playing records from artists that we've generally really liked. And these latest releases let us down in a big way. A motto here at Sound Opinions is we listen to this stuff so you don't have to. But as always, we love to hear what our listeners are thinking. So we threw it out to them to ask them for some of their turkeys of the year. First up is John from Madison, Wisconsin. He's on the line with us now. John, welcome to Sound Opinions. Great to be on the show, guys. Thank you. Well, this is a tough show to do because uh, we're asking you to talk about music that made you miserable. <laughs> do you have a turkey for us? I do have a have a turkey uh that, uh, at least for this year, would be the latest Kiss album, Monster. Wow. Uh, and now, wait. <laughs> now, John, I don't know if you understand the concept of the turkey shoot. The turkey shoot was an album that we expected to be good, and you just named an album by Kiss. <laughs> yeah, and the reason it's such a turkey is because it, uh, even by Kiss standards, is, is an abomination. You know, since the beginning, we've always... We've known what to expect from this band, and it's never high art, and it's never the depth of lyrics, but uh, you at least get some some saccharine sweet hooks, and this record, there's nothing, even for a diehard KISS fan, and I'm just a casual, nostalgic KISS fan, but uh, as I see it, even from a diehard, there's, there's nothing redeeming about this album, even by bad pop standards. Wow. So, John, you sound like one of those guys that has bought or at least heard every Kiss album since uh, you were a fan in, what, I'm guessing the 70s probably, right? I first discovered the band as a four-year-old in 1978 through Phantom of the Park. I had an older sister who pointed them out to me, and, you know, for a four-year-old, people flying through space and shooting lasers out of their eyes and all of that is the coolest thing in the world. And then I rediscovered them unknowing who they were in the 80s, you know, through the MTV era. And... Connected all the all the dots backwards. Heck, I even own music from the Elder. So oh. you know, when I when I say this is a bad Kiss record, I <laughs> I come from a place of having heard other bad Kiss records. John has clearly heard the nadir of Kiss, and I I'm, I'm fascinated. I would say probably the most disingenuous track on the album is "All for the Love of Rock and Roll." Uh, this <laughs> coming from a band who has told us for years it's all about the money is trying to foist upon us their version of uh, Boston's rock and roll band. Uh And I got to tell you, it doesn't work.
Not even the cowbell is saving that one. <laughs> exactly. This is one of those tracks where if I had known then what I know now, I would like to claw back every dollar I've ever given to this band. <laughs> and I think I deserve it. All right, John, you're a brave man for having admitted that. We appreciate such bravery on Sound Opinions. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, John. Now let's go over to Brandon from Cuba, New York. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. What's your turkey of the year? Well, as much as it pains me to say this, because I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, I'm going to have to say Smashing Pumpkins' newest album, Oceana. Wow. Now, this record is probably the first new Smashing Pumpkins record in close to two decades that I think most Smashing Pumpkins fans that I know have actually been saying, hey, it's pretty good. It's, it's not a letdown. But you're saying it's not living up to your standards. Yeah, I enjoyed some of it initially. I thought, okay, this, maybe this is close to what they kind of used to be. But just to feel like the lyrics were not quite hitting on all cylinders and I was, I was really not digging the synthesizers and the... Um, all right, all right. And, now, uh, Brandon, when you're okay. saying that the lyrics are a step down from a man yeah. who wrote, despite all my rage, I am still just a yeah. rat in a cage. <laughs> so how bad are these lyrics? I guess, lyrically, he seems to be in a happier place in life, but he just doesn't seem to be writing lyrics happily very well. <laughs> I mean, I know that not all the lyrics in the past have been spectacular, but <laughs> I don't know. This one just doesn't... seems off. All right, give us a particularly stale or, or stinky track to highlight what you're saying. There's one song called One Diamond, One Heart. To me, it sounds like it could go on a commercial for, like, Discover or for, like, K-Jewelers or something like that. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not here to hold your hands. I'm just here to understand. If you're feeling low, I can help. Synth heaven there from the Smashing Pumpkins Oceana record, uh, one of Brandon's turkeys of the year. So what's the high watermark for the Pumpkins as far as you're concerned, Brandon? I think there's three albums that really are the best of their career, which is Melancholy, The Infinite Sadness, Adore, and Siamese Dream. That's, I agree. Uh, I agree. I have always thought Adore is their best record. Now, that's kind of a synthy record, too. So this is not, but this is not yeah, in that it league. Seems, it seems more subtle and more thought out. This one seems like kind of... Kind of dump synthesizer on top of almost every track. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brandon, thanks for uh, giving us a call. Thanks a lot. Jim, we've got one final turkey shooter from our listening audience, and he's calling all the way from Paris, France. Hey, Jan, you're on Sound Opinions. Okay, great. So, turkey of the year, Jan, what is absolutely stinking up the joint in Paris as far as you're concerned? Oh, yeah. Oh, my uh, turkey of the year is the Shin's uh, Port of Morrow. Uh, which I find is not a terrible album, though it has some terrible songs there, but uh, it was kind of disappointing. They did change their sound a little bit, so you didn't like the way they changed their sound, obviously, right? Exactly, that's it. In fact, I find it was some kind of um, overproduced, and it was a bit bit generic. I mean, the songs uh, themselves are are good, not great, but, um, but the production is is not there. It's just not um, not very inspired. It's a kind of um, feeling good record. It's uh, it's nice to hear that, but it's not very deep. It's very disappointing compared to their first two albums, for instance. Overproduced shins, not a good thing. In particular, is there a song on the record that really stands out for you as being a bad example of new shins? <laughs> yeah, I think it's the first song on side uh, B it's called No Way Down Meet the son of a government man and a pillar of salt I was born with blood on my hands and have all the signs of a bleeding heart Living high on a giant hog on a mountain so steep Keep your head in a hollow log 
Oh, Jan, I'm not getting it, man. You know, Greg and I, you know, like this album. We had the shins well, on I'm, the show. And I, I don't, if you're I, sitting... I agree with Jan on the record, though. I think the songs do? are really good. I think when James Mercer came onto the show... You didn't tell him ...and that. played those songs stripped down acoustic. We hadn't heard the record yet, remember? Oh, that's true. All and right. uh, he played them stripped down. I thought, man, that sounds really good. When I heard the record, I'm with Jan. I think it is a little bit overproduced. So, so there's no Thanksgiving in France, right? Yeah. So, so the whole turkey shoot idea kind of almost doesn't even translate, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but we're not really interested in turkey in general, and ours are uh, generally are uh, smaller. But, um, <laughs> but it makes sense to me. That's that's fine. That's fine enough. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, obviously podcasting there in France, Jan. Thank you. All right, Greg, it's back to us. We've got a couple more rounds in the chamber to shoot a few more turkeys this season. My next one is the latest from Fiona Apple. It's going to take me about 15 minutes to say this album title. The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. Fiona continuing her penchant for endless album titles that nobody can remember. You know, all right, I've never been a huge Fiona Apple fan, but the advance buzz for this record was so enthusiastic, including from some people who were sitting right across from me. I love it. Uh, th- th- that I was like, okay, I'm going to give her another chance. I'm really going to live with this record. I am going to try to understand the joys of Fiona Apple. Now, my wife, as is yours, is a wonderful partner and and, and a saint, right? The <laughs> amount of music we play at home, and you got to remember, right? 10% of what we listen to, we love. The other 90% is mediocre or much, much worse. My wife never complains about the stuff I'm playing. She finally, in, in the source of greatest irritation, right, comes over to me, you got to stop playing this. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> right? She never yells at me like that. And I felt the same way. I said, well, it's not just me. This Fiona Apple penchant to try to mix Tin Pan Alley and jazz and pop and rock and, and classical music and Broadway bombast and these ridiculous, solipsistic, self-absorbed lyrics. You know, Greg, she is a tulip in a cup, a dewy pedal, she tells us at one point. I am sorry. This is fingernails on a blackboard. Fiona, idler wheel, etc., 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 is another turkey. Oh, the periphery They throw good parties there Those peripheral idiots Always have a bite to bear Bear it if you can If you really want to Go to the periphery Some gobble-worthy Fiona Apple, the idler wheel, so on, so forth, etc. Forgive me. Greg, you got one turkey left. What is it? I do, Jim. I could not disagree with you more on Fiona. It needs to be said. I, I need to reiterate my love for that record. But hey, that's what Sound Opinions is all about. I'm giving you my copy for Christmas. <laughs> I don't care that you have one already. I do have another turkey for you, though, Jim, and that is from an artist by the name of Gary Clark Jr., an artist I had high hopes for after seeing him a couple of times this year in concert. He's a 28-year-old Texan. 
a lot of people have been hyping him. You know, the next Hendrix, the next blues savior. I'm, I feel sorry for the guy in some ways yeah. uh, being saddled with that kind of pressure. But what I don't like is what happened on this record. He got some high-powered producers, Mike Elizondo, who's worked with people like Dr. Dre and Fiona Apple, and uh, Rob Cavallo, who's worked with Green Day. And he tries to cover all these stylistic bases. You know, he's trying to show you everything or every type of music that he's interested in. And he's made this hodgepodge of styles that are jarringly sequenced to the point where he's not really making any kind of a coherent statement at all as an artist. And it's clear that his strengths lie in the blues and playing that guitar. But when he starts to go for the smoothed-out R&B and tries to do this weak-kneed Maxwell imitation, Mm. things really fall off the rails. Really disappointing record. There's three or four cuts in that sort of slow R&B ballad vein that he should just leave alone. He's very second-rate when it comes to that stuff. And the record turned out to be a huge disappointment. I saw this monster on stage in concert, and then I got this record called Black and Blue that just didn't go anywhere. Gary Clark Jr. has got to be one of my turkeys of the year. Gary Clark Jr., yeah, Greg, it's sad. Left to his own devices, this guy could have made a great record, but he really became part of the machine. And talking about becoming part of the machine, my final turkey this season is from Green Day. Now, Green Day released Uno uh, a couple of weeks ago and just came out this week is Dos, and we have another record coming a few weeks after that. It's been moved up from January to December. Trey, they had so much material, they're putting out three albums, one at a time, every few weeks. They were supposed to tour in January and February of the new year. All of that has been derailed. Billy Joe Armstrong, leader of the band, is in rehab. He's going to be there through the holidays. They've canceled the tour for next year. It's a mess. They should have gone to him and done an intervention before (laughs) he released these three albums. Now, I... I kind of defended installment number one, Uno, when we reviewed it. I gave it a burn it. I said that there were a handful of tracks on here that were Green Day doing what Green Day always did best, that exuberant pop punk, hard-driving rock with indelible melodies. I'm doubling back on myself, and I always say, you know, never trust a critic who doesn't occasionally admit that he or she was wrong because I got... So much hate mail for, 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 from people saying, not, not pro-Green Day, people saying you weren't hard enough on them, mm-hmm. right? I said, you know, the stuff here that was good was about as good as what was on Nimrod, which was one of their early records before they really broke through with Dookie or their masterpiece, American Idiot. I went back and I, I listened, A-B'd Nimrod and this Uno record, and now I've been streaming the Dose record. And yeah, I was too kind to them. I still wanted them to be worth something, and they're not. They have been become the big, bloated, corporate rock stars that they initially sneered at and to which they offered a very real alternative through much of the 90s. I said it during the review, and and this is so unforgivable that that really you've got to make a turkey of the whole album. There were a couple of tracks on here, Sweet 16, Stay the Night, that could have been done by Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. That's how bad this is. Sorry, Green Day, you've lost the plot.
That's a little Green Day from Uno. Skip Uno, skip Dos, skip Trey, skip Green Day. That's it for our picks for this year's turkey shoot. But you can still get in on the action and share your vote for the biggest flop of 2012 at 888-859-1800. Up next, after a quick break on sound opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, we'll get back to some good music as Greg adds a track to the Desert Island Jukebox. Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. My partner is Jim DeRigatis, and you're hearing a track from the new album by The Coup, Sorry to Bother You. Album number six from this Oakland agit-rap collective. Formed in 1990, two consistent members throughout the band's history, MC Raymond Boots Riley and DJ Pam the Funkstress. Riley's been very active in the Oakland political scene, in addition to putting out these records. If you know the coup at all, it's probably because of an unfortunate incident in 2001. That, of course, was the year of 9-11, the terrorist strike on the World Trade Center. A couple of months before that terrorist attack, uh, the coup were readying an album called Party Music that featured an album cover depicting Riley blowing up the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center with a detonator. Now, you have to understand, this is a group with a long history of attacking and satirizing the corporate power structure. Of course, a lot of America had never heard of this group. They go, what are these guys doing? Boots Riley, of course, pulled the cover immediately, explained that it was intended as satire and that it was completely inappropriate once the attacks began. They changed the album cover. What a lot of people may have been missing is that the group has consistently made very good albums, deeply thoughtful, attacking the power structure of America in myriad ways, with a, with a sense of humor, with a, with a sense of punk rock attack. They've morphed in the time from a straight-up hip-hop group to more of a, a, a punk rock or agit-rap band in concert as well as in the studio. Now they're up to album number six, Sorry to Bother You. Here's a track from it called The Magic Clap from The Coup on Sound Opinions. Don't 
this here the meeting for the overthrow. Waiting on the concrete clothes to grow. Doing lies that ain't possible. Counting up all that dough you owe, you ain't supposed to know it's supposable. We are not disposable. Muscle the kick, we got blows to blow. That was the magic clap from the coup from the new album, Sorry to Bother You on Sound Opinions. Greg, if we just played that song for people and we had not preceded it with the introduction you gave, you would say, wow, I've been waiting for Outcast to get back to making celebratory pre-Idlewild Outcast music forever. That is a killer song. And indeed it is. And it's not the only one on this 13-track album. Now, I know you love this band. I admire much of what they've done, but there's no denying that every once in a while, Boots could get a little bit Tom Morello sanctimonious, too much over the top. It is amazing to see that six records into the career, they finally got the mix absolutely perfect. The targets are more ambiguous in a 1% way. They're the people in the boardrooms, or they might just be your parents. You know, in a song which is an obvious, like, Clash or Elvis Costello ripoff, like your parents' cocaine, they're taking aim at, at spoiled rich kids and basically asking, you know, who's worse, the spoiled rich kid or the father who's bankrolling the war machine. In You Are Not a Riot, it is a hysterically funny takedown on people who buy their rebellious uh, accoutrements at the shopping mall, you know, and, and strike these poses. These, I think, are a lot more accessible than some of the political critiques we've gotten from the coup in the past. And the music is absolutely celebratory. Like I said, outcast or or funkadelic, suddenly updated for the new millennium. You know, it's a big band. It rocks. And not only does it rock, they use washboard kazoo and accordion at one point and they pull it off I love this record. It's a buy-it record. Any group that can rock with kazoos is okay in my book, Jim. Yeah. And I think it speaks to the sense of fun that is a part of this record. I think you're right. I think the band was typecast maybe as a little sanctimonious, a little finger-pointy, a little preachy. I don't hear that in this record at all. I do think that they are talking about their neighborhood. They're talking about marginalized people, you know, struggling on the edge of society to make do, you know, whereas the corporate structure is, is oblivious, if not contemptuous, of the fact that they're, they're even alive. And that's, that's at the heart of this record. But at the same time, it's this amazing party trip. You've got garage rock, soul, funk, hip-hop, the humor, the kazoos, all mixed up together. <laughs> yeah. They're having a good time making this yeah. record. The humanity and vulnerability that is creeping into Boots Riley's songwriting lately I think is a really good sign. There's a couple of songs that might be described as love songs, although they're not quite conventional in that sense. But there's a, there's a humanity underneath the politics that I think is really starting to creep into their work. And I think this is the best coup album yet. It's a buy it for me as well. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Ah, Greg, that intro music means it is time for you to strap on your hang glider and fly on out to the desert island where you are going to play us a track that you cannot live without. What do you got? Jim, I've been thinking about an artist named Cody Chestnut lately, mainly because he's got a new record out, Landing on 100. His first album in 10 years, he kind of went away for, for a decade, basically, to raise his family. He's now well into his 40s. His debut record came out uh, in 2002. It was a double LP, humbly entitled The Headphone Masterpiece. <laughs> Basically a record that he had made in his bedroom. He'd been struggling in the music industry for a number of years, hadn't really made it, finally said, screw it, I'm going to go off and just make my music any old way I want by myself and put it out to the world, see what happens. Well, that record caused quite a stir, especially within the emerging neo-soul and progressive hip-hop movement. And in fact, his work was championed by a number of people. Erica Badu took him on tour, and The Roots covered one of the best tracks from the headphone masterpiece called The Seed 2.0. 
that cover came on the Roots 2002 record Phrenology. The video incorporated Chestnut and his guitar playing and his vocals into the track. So you had this massive hit single basically as a cover by the roots of a song done originally by Cody Chestnut. I think it's a tribute to both artists. The Chestnut's original song, The Roots, for picking up on what was going on here as emblematic of this emerging movement. This combination of scrappy garage rock, soul vocals, hip-hop verses, the funk beat, the psychedelic tinge, a, a great guitar riff at the center of it by Cody Chestnut. Here's a track. It's called The Seed 2.0 from Cody Chestnut and the Roots on Sound Opinions. Knocked up nine months ago And what she finna have, she don't know She want neo-soul, cause him hop is old She don't want no rock and roll She want platinum or ice and gold She want a whole lot of sun to fall If you were obstacles, you just drop your cold Cause one month you don't stop the show Little Mary's bad In these streets she done ran Ever since when the heat began I told a girl, look here, calm down, I'ma hold your hand To enable you to beat the plan Cause you was quick to learn And we can make money to burn If you allow me to lay this game That is Amir Questlove Thompson and The Roots covering Cody Chestnut, The Seed 2.0, Greg Cott's Desert Island Jukebox pick. The Desert Island Jukebox is brought to you by Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark bourbon, it is what it isn't. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Jim, next week we're going to take an in-depth look at the original power pop band, Big Star. Greg, as always, we have some thanks to say on the way out. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. Our assistant producer is Andy Minoff. Our intern is Griffin Waterman. And while we're giving thanks on this holiday edition of Sound Opinions, special thanks to Shauna Coyne. And I won't even make a joke this week. Our executive producer, our fearless leader, a man who is not a turkey, Tori Southside Malatia. Sleeping gently, napping when I heard the phone. Who is on the other end talking? Am I even home? Did you see what she did to him? Did you hear what they said? Just a New York conversation rattling in my head. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. messages. My name is Cynthia Cadell. I enjoyed the show about James Brown and just wanted to tell you that back in maybe 1970, 71, something like that, I saw a live show of James Brown in California, probably Los Angeles. I got so and the super bad.
play showed up at the show. And so I got to see him before he changed his name. It was quite exciting. Thanks. Thanks for the show. Bye. Hi, my name is Dan. I'm from Gosstown, New Hampshire. I just wanted to call in about your Kendrick Lamar review on the November 3rd show. Apparently, you're not familiar with uh, the axiom known as Poe's Law, which states that any parody or satire of uh, fundamentalism will eventually reach such a high level that it's no longer distinguishable from the real thing. While you took issue with some of Kendrick Lamar's language and terminology about women, about the life he's living in Compton, it's commentary. without, you know, summoning it, without using it. You can talk about something without talking about it, you know, positively. So, uh, thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. Hey, Jim and Greg. This is Tanya McAvoy from Denver. I just thought I'd call and put my two cents in about one thing I'd like to see go away in live shows, and that's everybody holding up their cell phones. I don't want to see a sea of sheep just staring at the show through the two-inch screen it's just really annoying. And then by 8 a.m., there's 500 uploads on YouTube of really crappy quality. Recently, Neil Young was at Red Rocks, and they explicitly banned cell phones for this reason, and people were so up in arms. I mean, you'd think they asked them to give up their firstborn. You know, try watching YouTube Live Under Blood Red Sky. Imagine how different it would be if everybody was just holding up cell phones. I know I sound like an old curmudgeon. If cell phones had been around, I seriously doubt Nirvana Dinosaur Jr. in 91 would have been the same. Thanks a lot. Love your show. No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.